out Jesus sure makes her heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. So Jonah went out of the city of Nineveh, and he made a booth on the east side and sat there so that he might see what would become of the city. Today is the 40th day since... Well, since... Well, uh, well, since what? Since Jonah said that Nineveh would be destroyed by the Lord. Well, you can see for yourself the city still standing. Where's Ben? He's in the town square. In the town square? Mm -hmm. What's he doing there? Well, almost everyone's going there to give thanks unto the Lord for sparing Nineveh. The king's coming, too. Are you going? No. Well, you, yes, I guess so. Well, later, as soon as I finish... Well, if you like, you may leave, too. But, but be sure to finish your work before you go. Here is your pay. I will expect you next week at the same time. Thank you. May I go now? Yes. The sun is nearly set. You'll get home before dark. Oh, I'm not going home right away. I'm going to the square to show my praise to the Lord for saving Nineveh. Saving Nineveh? Yes. It was to have been overthrown today. But the Lord has forgiven our sins and spared the city. Majesty, surely you're not going out in the streets without an armed escort? I most certainly am. Oh. Tonight the entire city of Nineveh rejoices. I shall be quite safe. Oh, that man, Jonah. I say again that we ought to have hanged him. Oh, nonsense. Oh. He did no harm. Come, let's go. Oh, Your Majesty, Your Majesty, let me call the guard. No, no, no. Come, old and young, rich and poor alike will gather to worship the Lord. We shall come to no harm. has forgiven us our sins. We have been spared. Let us all kneel together and give praise unto the Lord. And God saw that the people of Nineveh turned away from their evil ways, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. He must be near here somewhere. Jonah! Jonah! Who is it to call? I'm Ezra, the son of Yusuf, the coppersmith. They'll move out of the shadow. I can't see you. What do you want? Why are you so angry? Well, I'm not angry at you. Either one of you. Well, then, what's troubling you? Well, the Lord instructed me to tell the people of Nineveh their city would be overthrown because of their sins. So I came here and told the people they were to be destroyed. I am angry with the Lord for failing to keep his word. He has made a fool of me. Speak up, Jonah. I can't hear you. What do you want, old man? I came to find out why our city wasn't destroyed, as you said it would be. I don't know. You lied to us all along, didn't well, you? I didn't lie. Nineveh was to be destroyed by the Lord for its sins. Then why wasn't it? Don't ask me. Ask the Lord. And the Lord prepared a gourd to grow over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. <sighs> oh, this is a blessing. 
It'll keep the sun off me. But God prepared a worm that withered and killed the gourd by next morning. Oh dear, oh dear. Now I shan't have any shade all day. And it came to pass, when the sun did arise, that God prepared a violent wind from the east, and the sun beat upon Jonah's head so that he fainted. Jonah? Jonah, can you hear me? It's me, Ezra. Uh, Jonah, what's wrong? Are you ill? Oh, I wish I could die. It is better for me to die than to live. That's not true, Jonah. You showed our people the way of the Lord. No, that was not my doing. It was the Lord who moved me. Oh, I wish I was dead. Oh, that's no way to talk. Now, you lie still. I'll run to the well and fetch you some water. Oh, thank you, Ezra. Oh, Lord, I pray thee, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Dost thou have reason to be so sad? I tried to flee from the Lord's presence unto Tarshish, when he didst call upon me to preach unto the people of Nineveh. But he did bring me thither by means of the fish. And then I cried unto the people that God wouldst destroy them. But God hast broken his word. He hast saved them. Dost thou have reason to be so angry? I do well to be angry, even unto death. Thou mournest for the gourd. For which thou hast not labored, nor madest it grow, the gourd which came up in a night, and perished in a night. And should not the Lord spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons? I understand. The Lord is a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800- 6340234 Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Hosanna is a Hebrew word that means oh save. The Jewish people used this word to praise Jesus when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. As they waved palm branches and spread their coats on the road, they shouted Hosanna. From Matthew 21, verses 9 and 11. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So the multitude said, This is Jesus.
beginning, the earth was empty. Darkness covered everything. But God was there, and he had a plan. Let there be light, he said. And suddenly, golden light shone all around. God called it day. He called the darkness night. And with the light and the darkness, the first day passed. On the second day, God said, Let there be a great space. So the space was formed, deep and high. God called the space God made rivers and seas on the third day. He formed the mountains and deserts, the islands and beaches. He planted tall trees, swaying grasses, and flowers of every color. When the fourth day came, God put lights in the sky, the fiery sun for daytime, the sparkling moon and dancing stars for night. On the fifth day, God filled the water with of all shapes and sizes. He made the birds to glide across the sky. God made animals on the sixth day, furry animals, scaly animals, smooth, sleek animals. And on that day, God made man. When he was finished, God saw that everything he made was very good. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 5 Antonia. Chris was the first to speak. He's the mountain man. The man smiled. Then he said in a soft, musical voice, Are you sure about that? But, but, Chris stuttered, You're a woman, Dee Dee blurted. I sure am, the woman answered. But, are you Tony? Chris asked. Antonia, she answered. My friends and family call me Tony. But how can you be a mountain man? Maria asked. You're a woman. You can call me a mountaineer if you like, she said. Actually, you could even call me teacher. But why don't you just call me Tony? Why teacher? Are you a school teacher? Maria asked. Yes, I'm a high school biology teacher. 
Again, the shoebox kid stared. Hey, Jake piped up. You all look like goldfish standing there with your mouths hanging wide open. Come on, Tony. Here's a marshmallow stick. A while later, Willie was roasting a marshmallow next to Tony. If you're a biology teacher, do you know about rattlesnakes? I sure do, she replied. I do research on them every summer. Chris leaned toward Willie. Do you ever see any real bears? Certainly, Tony answered. I saw one this morning about a mile upstream. He was a little black bear having a blackberry picnic. Are you sure that wasn't just Bonzo? Dee Dee chimed in, grinning. Tony laughed softly. Bonzo was behind me investigating a gopher hole. Fortunately, he seems to know he shouldn't bother bears. He leaves them entirely alone. How did Bonzo become your dog? Maria asked. Mr. Jake found him. Oh, he's not entirely my dog, Tony replied. You see, in the summer, Jake is busy with river trips. When it's not summer, I'm in the city teaching school. So we share him. He walks with me in the summer and stays with Jake during his off-season. Bonzo seems to enjoy the arrangement. As if to prove her words, Bonzo came over and laid his head in her lap. You asked about rattlers, Tony said, turning back to Willie. What did you want to know? Do rattlesnakes really live here in the woods? Don't they just live in the deserts? There are rattlesnakes all over these woods. This river wasn't named for the porcupines living here, now was it? And speaking of porcupines, Tony added, it looks like another family of porcupines has moved into this area. So you'd better watch your gear tonight, especially shoes with leather. A few years ago, I accidentally left my saddle on the ground near my cabin overnight, and porcupines ate all the leather off it. Wow, Willie exclaimed. I didn't know they'd do that. Will you tell us some more about rattlesnakes, Sammy asked. Yes, please, Maria added, feeling a tingle run through her body. Will they come after us? Tony and Jake both chuckled. Not in your life, Jake answered. Them critters would take one look at you all and skedaddle off into the bushes. They're plumb nervous about being around people. Feeling better, the shoebox kids laughed with Tony and Jake. Then Tony held up her hand to get their attention. One thing to remember, though, she said when everyone was quiet, snakes may not come after you, but you do need to treat them with respect. Do you know what that means? Yeah, Willie spoke up. It means we need to be good to them. Almost right. There's another definition that says to refrain from interfering with. In other words, don't bother them. If you see one a few feet away, just quietly, slowly walk away. But what if it's closer than that, Chris asked. Then freeze and let it quietly, slowly move away. What rattlers do you have up here? Mr. Teller asked. Only the Northern Pacific Rattlesnake, Tony answered, smiling. That sounds more like the name of a railroad, doesn't it? How big do they get? Dee Dee asked. About as long as I am. Are you sure they won't come after us? Jenny glanced quickly over her shoulder. What if they're hungry? If they were hungry, Jake said, they'd look for a mouse or a squirrel. Or a rabbit, Tony added, or even a frog, but mostly squirrels. These snakes hibernate 210 days a year, so they need to eat a lot when they're awake. Suddenly, Sammy jumped. Uh, a snake, he cried, pointing behind the log he was sitting on. There's a snake! I heard it! It went Jake looked around the circle and grinned. We got us a pesky critter, all right. Bonzo, go get him. Bonzo bounded around the log and pounced on something in the shadows. The kids watched wide-eyed as Bonzo tugged on something big. Then they heard a giggle and a yelp. The kids burst out laughing as Bonzo pulled Chris around the end of the log by his pant leg. Maria didn't join in the laughter. Sure, everybody laughs at you, Chris, she thought. Everybody thinks you're so funny. 
Well, they don't have to live with you. They don't know how you lie. She ran over and pulled Chris to his feet. How could you be so mean? You keep scaring people. I was only having some fun, Chris replied. It's no big deal. It is a big deal, Maria yelled. You are mean, and I hate you. A tremble started way down inside her. She felt tears running down her cheeks. You scare people, then you laugh at them. You're awful. By this time, Maria knew she should stop, but it was like trying to stop a waterfall. Words just kept coming. She could see the others sitting very still, all with amazed looks on their faces. I hate brothers, she sobbed. They cause trouble. They lie to your parents. They... Whoa! Chris stopped her. I may be thoughtless sometimes, but I don't lie. No way. Yes, you did. You know you did. You lied to Dad about me. What? Chris looked shocked. What are you talking about? I hate you. I hate you. I hate you, was all that Maria could say. Mrs. Shue stepped up and slipped her arm around Maria. Come, Maria, she said. Let's go to my tent. You can tell me all about it. For a moment, Maria leaned against Mrs. Shue, her body shaking as she cried. Suddenly, she turned and ran to her own tent. She pulled off her shoes and scrambled into her sleeping bag, way down to the bottom of it. She sobbed as she clung to her pillow. Why do I have to have a brother like Chris? Why, God, why? He lied. I know he did. He just likes to be mean to people. He's even writing notes and telling all my friends untrue things about me. Sometime later, she heard Dee Dee and Jenny coming to bed. Maria, Dee Dee said softly, are you awake? Do you want to talk? Maria listened to the concern in her friend's voice. I need to tell somebody. I'd like to, but who can I tell? Dee Dee spoke softly again. Chris says he doesn't know what you're talking about. He says he doesn't lie. Oh, yes, he does, Maria blurted, her voice muffled by the sleeping bag. When? Dee Dee asked as Jenny zipped the tent flap shut. Just before we left home. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, and I don't want to talk about it. Good night, Maria added in a louder than necessary voice. The story you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.